Hi, and welcome to the 11th ever episode of The Sound of Not Getting Laid, where we're asking the question, do women really hate prog rock? My guest this week is a woman, Sarah Weiss. Here's Sarah's legitimate concern for falling into a noodling black hole with Phil Lesh and friends. Listen to her confess to having female friends who actually like prog rock. Hear her wins at the entire production of Russia's greatest song ever. All this and more on The Sound of Not Getting Laid. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Deodorant. Deodorant. Without it, I'd be unemployable. Hi, and welcome to The Sound of Not Getting Laid, where we're asking the question, do women really hate prog rock? And today I have with me... Sarah Weiss. How you doing, Sarah? I'm doing all right. All right. How old are you? I'm 41 years young. And what do you do? I'm a concert promoter specializing in event marketing. Oh, fascinating. Mm -hmm. What sort of uh, concerts? What what sort of genres? Uh, Contemporary rock and roll. I've worked in New York City, well, except for a brief... Uh, foray down in D.C. for six months, but uh, New York City starting in Irving Plaza, then with oh, nice. the company that became Live Nation before it became Live Nation, and then that brought me over to the Bowery Presents, um, and recently started uh, now with the King's Theater as Director of Marketing there in Flatbush. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's not that's not the one at Brooklyn College. It's near Brooklyn College, yes. Okay. So it was but it's not like the Whitman Theater. Like, they have their own two theaters. Right. They have their own theaters. This is the former Lowe's Wonder Palace. Uh, there were five of these theaters in the New York City metropolitan area, four of them within the city itself. Each the, It's the United Palace in Manhattan, the Paradise in the Bronx. I forget the name of the one in the Queens. King's Theater at in Flatbush, and then uh, Jersey City, Lowe's Theater, which then the Jersey City one has always continued functioning as a concert, as a performance venue. United Palace is still also has some concerts, uh, but mostly a church. I think the Paradise in the Bronx mostly is a church. I think the Queens one is also a church. And the Kings reopened two years ago. The city, in combination with uh, Goldman Sachs and a couple of other big funding partners, did a $95 million renovation. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, Uh so it's gorgeous. Yeah. Now, you mentioned one in Jersey City. Is that the one at Journal Square? Yes. That they, they, they got an old organ back in yes. there? I've seen some old Harold Lloyd movies there yeah. where they have a live organ mm-hmm. player. And like not only is it hooked up to the pipes, but it's got all this Foley work. Right. So old car horns. And, uh, oh, <coughs> Ours, the, the Kings does not. The Kings has the organ. It is not hooked up to anything. We have, But we do have the original organ as a display piece. But the pipes were long gone before the renovation began. Right, right, right. Right, right, yeah. Uh, but it's gorgeous cool. and sounds amazing, and yeah. uh, it's a really awesome place. I love those old theaters. I think the one in Jersey City is from like 1929 or something yeah. like that. Exa- yeah, this one also opened in 29. Okay, mm-hmm. right. It was probably the same mm-hmm. the same company, so yep. they're all they're built, all built around the same Yeah, time. I mean, each of the studios had, it's great, I've learned a lot about the history of these places uh-huh. since well, I started there. It's super cool, yeah. Uh, and each of the studios were, had all these networks of theaters uh-huh. um, where they had all of these, but it was all one room theaters, one screen theaters. Right. That held A big screen, of, yeah, though, yeah. But uh, they could seat upwards of 3,000 people, right. which eventually did not become a feasible thing anymore. Like, now everybody wants to go to the multiplexes, which I, I agree, it's, it's often more fun. It's charming still to see something in that kind of a... And it, it, there's not a lot of movies that are made for that kind of an experience. It's, I like it better as a concert experience. Right. I mean, I just, I just enjoyed uh, the Lowe's in Jersey City. I enjoyed that 
just to get the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, because once the lights are down, you don't see what people are wearing. It's like, this. I could totally be in 1929 right now. Sure. Some people were showing up Except in period. Except for the fact that you can't be smoking inside. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. But that's nah, that's maybe a good thing. Yeah. It, I'm overall, I'm for Because, you know, uh, even as a smoker, mm-hmm. it gets to be a bit much. Because if everybody's smoking, then your hair yeah. smells like smoke and your clothes smell like smoke. You know, it, it gets to be a bit much. Yeah. If everybody's smoking and you're the one person not, you might as well just start smoking. It doesn't really make any <laughs> right, sense to right, not. Right. To, you're just not going to be comfortable no matter what. Right, right. If you can't beat them. Yeah. Um, so where are you from? <laughs> I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania, and I've been in New York now for uh, 23 and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I went to NYU and never left. Nice. <laughs> nice. What'd you go to, uh, to my, NYU for? I majored in journalism, but spent most of my time actually working on concerts with the program board. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. did a lot of the programming for that. And we did our own music festival Independent Music Fest, the IMF, was our festival during, we had it for four, four years. It had started before I got there and then, uh, I think, died the year after we graduated. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the rest of the, the new kids couldn't keep it up, keep right, it going. Right, right, That's what she said. So what kind of music were you listening to in uh, high school, college? Um, what was your jam? In high school, I was listening to a lot of, well, junior high, I was listening to a lot of hair metal and a lot of show tunes. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's, um, those are two paths yeah. that don't well, meet very I liked, often. I liked a lot of the, uh, well, the Broadway that I liked was not so much like the uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein, it was more about what was happening in the 60s and the 70s with, like, hair and Jesus Christ Superstar uh-huh. and the more of the, the rock opera scene, if you will. It was also one of the only the only thing that my mother was okay with that we both could listen to and enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But then, like, I also had a real fondness for Simon and Garfunkel Slow as well. Um, and then I would say in college, I got more got into the grunge because that was... Or not college, in high school, actually, was when I got into, you know, grunge and knew that 120 minutes was happening. And, but also they were kept playing a lot of, uh, you know, as uh, in the early 90s as those bands were starting to come out, it was heavy enough they'd be playing it on Headbangers Ball, too. Right. So right. I was like, well, what, there's this new thing that sounds interesting with, you know, and there's that Eddie Vedder guy doing that thing. Uh, and Pearl Jam. So, and then by the t- when I got to college, found out there's this whole world called Indie. Um, and uh, spent a lot of time getting to know a lot of bands that hadn't. He was still watching a lot of 120 minutes as well, right. but trying to find you know, but uh, more things that weren't necessarily on the radio. Right, right. Or they were on the college radio. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what, what do you primarily listen to now? Now I listen to. Now, actually, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, <laughs> and I listen to a lot of... Well, but a lot of those are not musical. Right. I, right. But I mix them up between news, narrative, and music. Like, uh-huh. I listen to a lot of the NPR music. There's a lot of it where I feel like I don't have to be too emotionally involved or paying too much attention to it, and then, but then at other times, I there's a lot of driving punk to hard rock, and also a lot of really psychedelic, like, loud psychedelic rock that if, like, I'm doing something where I just kind of need to have a strong focus um, 
and a, just a driving sensation that's coming, you know, like this, mm-hmm. like, but, uh, and, you know, so that's, that'll be a lot of bands that have black in their name, like the Black Angels, um, <laughs> the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. The Black Keys. The black, yeah, not as much of them, um, but. Black Eyed Peas. No, not so, no, <laughs> thank, no, no, no. Um, black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, of yes. course. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Black Angels, there was, at some point where the two of them, for a while, they, like, uh, I think it was before I had Spotify, but I definitely had them on some sort of iTunes or whatever, that my coworker was sort of like, you you just keep playing those two bands over and over. I'm like, I, yeah, uh, sorry. Like, I, I keep forgetting to add something new into this. Mm-hmm. Or um, Pandora, where you would select a song and it would sort of guide you. Yeah, Pandora, I have a, it's never, it doesn't work well for me because I try to interfere with it. Um, and the, then the How dare you? then the algorithm will be like, no, right. I just send it off course. I'll like add something. I'm like, this song reminds me of this band's song. It, like it'll remind me of a song by a specific band that has nothing to do with what the the Pandora music selector is trying to figure out. I like, yeah, right. And then it throws it off, and a few times it's driven me back to Nickelback. So at that point, <laughs> I was just like, uh, "Oh no, you!" I I kept saying never Nickelback, and you yeah. keep going there. So I'm done with you, Pandora. Maybe, I'm sorry. Maybe Nickelback and Pandora had some sort of payoff. They must thing going have, because like I said, I like a lot of like alternative rock bands, and so even if I was listening to something that was like, I'll think about one of their ballads all of a sudden, and and then I'll say like, "Well, we should add. That would be really cool to." Throw and not a surfer, a Foo Fighters song here, and just mix it up and make it crazy, and then, um, and then all of a sudden I get Nickelback, and I gotta just stop. I've never liked those sort of things. I don't even <laughs> like putting my my iTunes on shuffle mm-hmm. because it's so eclectic. Like I can't go from King Crimson to John Coltrane. It's yeah. too much of a stretch. You need at least yeah. three other transitions in there or something like that. You know. I, so. Sometimes I'm in the mood where I I can do the shuffle where it's like. And then other times, because sometimes it surprises me of like, it seems to just kind of get it. I'm like, oh, that was a really interesting, strange jump, but I'm feeling it. I'm good with you. And then other times, definitely you're like, oh, oh no, like those should never be paired together at all. You missed the mark there. (laughs) Sorry. Um, so, uh, do you know, you know what prog rock is. You're familiar with the genre and what era uh, we're talking about. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, The first song we're going to hear today is uh, King Crimson. The album is Mm -hmm. uh, In the Court of the Crimson King. Uh, The song is 21st Century Schizoid Man Mm -hmm. from 1969. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So what happened there? That's that's usually where prog rock loses me. Is I'm kind of like, okay, cool, that was a cool vocal line. This is an interesting thing. And then also, uh-huh. and I have to say, the bass line he sounded really bored. Like doom, doom, like he's just kind of, kind of happening around there. And then the other guys are just like, I'm like, I get it. You play really well. Uh huh. But that it doesn't do it for you. You've lost the me- melodic arc that I was enjoying so much, uh-huh. and now you're kind of off doing this thing that is just really kind of not engaging me at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this song is very much, uh, you know, it, it's structured like a jazz song. Mm-hmm. There's a head, there's an improvisational section, then they do the head again. 
Uh, I don't know if you listen to jazz. No. no. Mainly for that improvisational part of it where they tend to lose me as That's well. When they lo- right, because you're talking about a melodic arc, and, yeah. and, and that, that ties more into classical music, uh, mm-hmm. which is the other big influence here. Yeah. You know, it, it's, 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 a lot of this stuff is a mixture of, of Celtic rock, mm-hmm. uh, Celtic folk music, psychedelic rock, uh, jazz, and classical. Yeah. So, so uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna run out and, and buy a copy? No, no. no. <laughs> All right then, <laughs> moving along. Um, I'm not going to add that to my favorite list on Spotify. No, no. Okay, sorry, Fripp. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Greg Lake. Oh, he's dead. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, next up. We're going to 1971, Genesis with Peter Gabriel. Uh, the album is Nursery Crimes. Uh, the song is The Return of the Giant Hogweed. Yeah, whereas like with King Crimson, it's like, again, where they lose me is like, okay, you're trying to make a song and then you're doing this other thing over here and then it comes back to a song later, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't and know. that doesn't interest you. I don't always stick around long enough to find out. Uh-huh. Like this at least okay. like, I'm like, okay, you're trying to tell me something and right. maybe entertain me. There's, there's more of a story yeah. arc yeah. here and yes. Even if you're missing a standard melodic form, but. That's funny that you said, because I, I like my first thought when you said like I can't predict where this is gonna go because the, I think the hope of a lot, at least I feel this way, of like the hope is that by the th- like the second or third t- chorus I can sing along, like right. I can be, I can join, I can be part of this. It'll, it'll, I'll feel attached to it. I'm not. Right. It's gonna take a long time till I feel that with this. Right, right. I, I, yeah, and and well, and with. With the first song, it does come back to a similar structure, but the lyrics are different, so you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to sing. There's no chorus, there's no hook, um, and with this, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't think they repeat themselves. Back just in time. I made it to the end of this one. <laughs> Yay! Right. So, th- so this was not <laughs> as objectionable. And, and w- w- what do you think that was about? Because. They kept telling a story. Mm-hmm. And even when there was the instrumental breaks, it felt like they were still, they had a purpose and they were part of the story. Right. And there was there was no de- uh, definable keyboard solo or right. guitar solo. It was, um, the arrangement went to a different feel yeah. and stayed with, with uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there was less noodling. Yes. So oh, there were no noodling. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. No, Kim, Kim yeah, the Crimson was all about the noodle. And it was just like... <laughs> This is why I don't stick around to okay. watch Fish yeah. or Phil Lesh or anything dead-related most of the time. Ooh, Phil Lesh. Wow. Grateful Dead reference. Yeah. But you didn't reference Jerry Garcia. Well, I never... You went s- to Phil Lesh. Well, because I never saw... The bass player. I never saw Grateful Dead. And But I had worked a Phil Lesh show. Oh, wow. Phil and, Lesh and Friends or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, and it was, yeah. we, that was when I was working for <laughs> Plaza, and it was a... You sound uh, exasperated. You no, know, it was definitely, it was definitely it. one of those, you know, and like, I I had to work the show. My boyfriend at the time, huge deadhead, uh-huh. huge, like, huge fan of Phil, was super, super excited. I mean, listen, the guy's a fantastic musician. Yes, absolutely. Yeah got that within a couple of seconds and then all of a sudden I'm like oh. and I'm like
like again, I'm like, can you, this, like maybe if you give me some of the drugs, I'll be interested. Uh, yeah, that's and how then I, e- yeah. even that wasn't enough. It just made me giggle, and I was like, this, I already feel like you all look so silly right now. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna stay in the back here with my girlfriends and laugh at you uh-huh. guys doing your little twirly bits up front, and uh, and I'll, well, it's okay. We're gonna hang out later. I, I've got other friends here, um, and it, but again, yeah, it's like that's what I call it. Like it's the noodling, it's. Um, it's where you lose me, yeah, like, and yeah. and it's um it's funny like there are other bands that that I like where people are like I'm really surprised how much you like them because this, their songs actually sort of resemble the you know when the, the Grateful Dead songs I'm like I'm not a, I'm not offended that you say that because I have no idea what Grateful Dead songs are I just know I don't even know where to begin to listen to that because I, I'm afraid I'm gonna wind up in something in like you know just like this noodle black hole and they're like yeah they're, they're like oh american beauty is the album that's the one. Yeah. I'm like okay, american cool. beauty Nobody ever and told me uh, working man's dead yeah. but you know that like working man's dead that right. i mean that's a classic album but that's when they got more folky yeah and and the album itself is very focused on the song mm-hmm. whereas the live performance once acid gets into the yeah and, and a lot of pot the noodling noodling yeah. noodling yeah there's yeah. a lot of that whereas but that and you know there was a big resurgence because mm-hmm. they had that album uh, in the dark that came out in the nineties. Was that the one with Touch of Grey? Yes. Okay. Where all of a sudden, <laughs> the and so there Dad was this... a top twenty hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how you didn't say top ten because no. it probably was top twenty. It didn't quite break the ten yeah. mark. Yeah. I'm actually reading a book right now that references it, and I'm like pretty sure it said twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, even that might have been pushing it, but it was definitely top forty. <laughs> but there was this big resurgence in in the whole Deadhead scene, and I went to a couple of shows, and I was doing. LSD and smoking a lot of pot at the time, and I was still bored. I was still like, "Oh God, no! Yeah, I just can't. (laughs) I can't. I'd rather sit through King Crimson, right, (laughs) on no drugs at all." (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Sarah made it through Genesis. Is it time for yes? It's time for yes. Okay. Same year, 1971. The album is fragile. The song is Mm -hmm. Roundabout. Oh, I know that. I'm surprised that that. Yeah. That's wow. Uh, Look at that. For wow, I mean, there's there's sparkles. It's like a lawn chair throne. It's I'm a, not it's quite one, sure what's going the, on there. Uh, it's the Morticia Adams wicker chair. Okay. Which was very popular back in the uh, '60s, going into the '70s. I think I found one in the trash, and I had one in the '90s. <laughs> we had to do a little duct tape repair, but it worked. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this picture mm-hmm. because uh, you know he's just. Ooh. Wow, what a... That's not... He, he's not on stage. No, no, that's just that's casual it. at home. He's, yeah, on his lawn, uh-huh. maybe waiting for somebody to bring him tea. Maybe. With yeah. the little mushrooms in it, who knows. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, I like to give a little visual aid here because sure. a lot of these guys, they didn't they didn't put pictures no. of themselves on the albums. So, well, there's, uh, there's a lot of good reason for that, too. <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> I mean... The the members of prog rock bands are not known for uh, being you know the it, gracing a lot of the pages of the teen magazines. Um, they're, they're known for their 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 incredible dexterity and musicianship as opposed to yes. their flawless hair and right. you know uh, bedroom eyes and pouty lips or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, hair bands they yeah. are not. No, no, they had a lot of hair. They had it a just lot of hair. D- was not used to the same purpose. Right. Um, but but look at Rick Wakeman here. He's he's a pretty. He's man. got some beautiful golden locks there. Yeah, he's yeah. a pretty man. <laughs> I can't remember. Somebody <laughs> equated him to some like Cher. It wasn't Cher, but somebody like that. And I was like, oh, he does kind of look <laughs> like a girl. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, 
It's funny because that this song is from the seventies because. I mean, I, I know that I guess maybe the, it was just getting played a lot more in the 80s because they were still having such a, uh, a run of it with, uh, was it Older of, Owner of a Lonely Heart was their yes, big 80s uh, hit? Yes, on off uh, 90125, yeah. uh, they, they, they had a big resurgence. And, uh, and a lot of these bands, you know, they tried to get away from the pretentious 20-minute songs. And Yes did it mm-hmm. successfully. Rush did it mm-hmm. successfully. Genesis certainly made a whole other right. band yeah essentially you know once you get to like abacab mm-hmm. and beyond that i mean they they had a second career uh emerson lake and palmer not so much no even that hit song that is is long from what i recall which one the, it's all the, of them yeah all, <laughs> all of their hit songs were long yeah. yeah well they had you know they're like there was uh from the beginning or lucky man you remember lucky man oh what a lucky man he was oh yeah that would but that was a greg lake song okay he was he could write a good hook mm-hmm. uh folksy acoustic guitar-y uh, Guitari. Did I just say that? That's all right. Um, I think that was a video <laughs> game system in the 80s. Guitari. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, they were able to parlay the pretentious, uh, indulgent uh, prog rock of the 70s into some hits uh, into the 80s. Uh, but this is still 1971. Okay. But I, we'll hear a decided shift in production. These guys really, they had Eddie Odford uh, working in the studio, and they really mm-hmm. had a nice polished production. The vocals um, have a very uh, Beatles, Beach Boys-esque quality to them, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure you'll appreciate being a, yes. a choral singer. I did always enjoy the fact that they have a lot of two, three-part harmonies going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes syncopation within mm-hmm. the, the vocals, and, and this song certainly uh, has that. So, um, yeah, let's get to it. Cool. Yes, Fragile, 1971, Roundabout. Love song, right? Uh, lyrically, lyrically, yes, uh, partially. Uh, it's it's about a bus trip from Glasgow to Aberdeen. Okay, what so they're seeing outside the window, and John Anderson throws in the lyric "24 before my love," and I will be there to see you. Uh, he's speaking about his wife. Okay. So, but mostly it's just about what they're seeing outside the tour bus. Okay, so then they are actually talking about a traffic circle. Yeah. (laughs) There's about 40 roundabouts between Glasgow and Aberdeen. Of course, yeah. And they must have passed a lake. Uh Uh-huh. Mountains came out of the sky and stood there. As they do. They don't tend to walk along too much. Mountains, that is. That's right. Yeah, I think I have... I know a, I have a number of girlfriends who are admitted. They're like, I like prog rock. Who would say, why would you think women don't like prog rock? But like, I also, you know, work in the music industry. And right, right. I also, you know, so therefore like have a lot of women, know a lot of women who are. And these women are close to your or my age. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know any. I, I think 
I think if I say the words prog rock to any millennial friends I have, they will look at me in a very strange. What's prog rock? Yeah, that it's. I don't know that it's. <laughs> the, I had one coworker who was a, a little bit younger than me, like you know, at least more than five years younger than me, and he was super into. Genesis, like early Genesis and uh-huh. prog rock, and 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 also like a huge Deadhead, and loved loved all the experimental. But he's the, he's an exception. Yeah, exactly. Like mostly, it's all people that were born in the seventies. Right. Maybe a couple in the early eighties, but not so much. I mean, um, this is even. Yeah. For me, I was born in seventy two. This yeah. is it, it, it's exceptional that I'm such a fan of it. Right. These photos are not. There, there are no gold capes, no gold sparkly capes no, in these photos. I did. I did make a point of printing because that was part these of the are, stage persona. Yeah. And that ties into like what Peter Gabriel was doing too, yes. which was it was very theatrical. And then there's like a family portrait, which is a little strange. Well, you know, they were they were and look, yeah, there's there's Chris Squire's wife. Uh huh. With their little kid, it's sweet. It's very it's sweet. Sweet. Yeah, these guys were not. Uh, they were not Motorhead. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> not, and I don't want to suggest that Motorhead were not family men. No, they weren't. Come on. Um, so, so you made it through that one. I did. What did you think of that one? Uh, it was uh, a little nostalgic. Like, mm-hmm. Right, you know that. I, knew, I know that song. I'm like, I know, I know where this is going. Like, right. I, I, it did make me wonder if... Uh, do they have a radio edit? That maybe I grew up listening to, or was it always that long on the radio? I don't think so. I think it was always that, but that's a good question mm-hmm. that I will find out later okay. and overdub in a British accent. Okay. Or not. <laughs> maybe I won't do any of that. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, I, that's just, yeah, especially but, being but then, 71. Right, there, well, I mean, there was the whole, that was like, I guess, was it the AOR format was what they called it, the uh, album-oriented rock, where like FM was really coming about, and so they didn't have the pressures to make, you know, the two to three to minute pop songs. To keep it two and a half, three well, minutes, It yes. was only in the 80s when they were making Owner of a Lonely Hearth, they had to do the short things. So there's, right. it's probably... Well, I mean, there, there yeah. was a bit of that in the 70s, too. I mean, there was, a, there was you know, you listen to Creedence Clearwater, uh, Susie Q. Mm-hmm. There was a radio edit, and then the album, like, goes to some weird places where it's like, <laughs> what were you guys on? I didn't think you guys were into acid, but, you know, you're... The tape doesn't lie. Ah. So, all right. So, 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 uh, yes, may you know that's something you might put on at home. I, I, am not gonna hit the skip button on the playlist. Okay, but you're not gonna seek it out. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I don't turn the dial on it, but like, no, it doesn't. Right. It's not an intentional it's, it's, ad. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see what the <laughs> let's see what comes up next. How you feel about that? Uh, we're gonna get into uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Okay. Uh, the album is Brain Salad Surgery, 1973. Which I, I, this looks like a Tool album cover. Okay. Now let me ask you. Now this is H.R. Uh, Geiger. Okay, that would be why. Uh, did he do? I think tool he artwork? did some of their stuff too. It but could be. I mean, it he also... did stuff for Celtic Frost. Yeah. He did stuff for a lot of bands. He's the art director for Aliens. Yes, yeah, yeah totally know that. Yeah. 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 Um, but also, just yeah, I would look at this and like, 
looks like one of Tool's covers. But yeah, I think right. he I think he did some of the artwork too. Yeah. Um, right, and that, that that's an interesting point because um, some people have pointed out that this artwork does not match the content. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what the you artwork think. is a lot darker than what I remember Emerson Lake and Palmer. But then again, I only ever heard the songs that made it onto the radio. Well, this one d- did, you know, make it onto the radio. Now I didn't print a picture of these guys because, yeah, what a look at that <laughs> soft lighting and everything. Uh huh. Yeah, how much Vaseline's on that lens? <laughs> Good Christ! Oh my God! Yeah. Oh wow. So. <laughs> Like the evil monsters trapped some sort of young musician boys behind a yeah. spacecraft, it, and they're it, like, "You're here to save them somehow." I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 <laughs> am I off base by saying there's some sort of pedophilia going oh, on here? Oh, oh, like hey. super old demons interested in thirty-something-year-old British musicians? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the you know they're they're not not boys. pedophilia, no. uh, but but yeah, yeah but no, they, there's something they, with, creepy about with, it. with the soft lighting and the and the weird feathery hair and the yeah. things that it just yeah. definitely looks. Yeah, there must have been some air brushing through this. Like it just it's it's a strange, and then the skulls. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a weird look for an album. Yeah, cover. well, for them anyway. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of these guys. Uh, album artwork wasn't their strong suit. No, but I mean this one. This is a great album cover. It's it's great cover. It just but, it doesn't make any sense with the photos. Right. Yeah. The photos are just wrong. Yeah. They should have done black and white, high contrast, moody stuff. Or just they, not had the photos. Or not had any photos. At that all. would have also right. been just fine. <laughs> so, um, with that said, okay, let's listen. Wait, is this whole album only four songs? Yes. Okay. I think so. Um, well, that will tell you. Uh, let's well, see. yeah, it just... I mean, the song is Carn Evil Night until, like, Carnival, so, like, the, right? all the organ and the synthesizer and the keyboard sounds very much sound like, you know... When you're on a merry-go-round or carousel flight, be kind carousel, of thing. Carousel, yeah. yes, yeah. very carousel-esque. Yeah. Is that a word? Carousel-esque? Sure. Sure. Works to me. We're, we're coining it now. Yeah. Carousel-esque. Let it be known. And, you know, in the same way, you feel like, you know, you're going around and around in circles and you just can't get off. <laughs> and the horse just keeps going up and down. You're like, oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> very astute observation there, Sarah. Yeah. Sorry. No. Don't be sorry. But that's—I do find myself. And I, this, because I'm already looking at the rush photo, and like, this is sort of what. One of the things, you know, with, with the prog rock. I mean, even though I do know women who like the prog rock, and they have kind of come to it in their own way, but many of them were—they like it because they were musicians and often yes. were class, learned classical guitar music. And, right. um, or, and or jazz. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And um, so they were like, yeah, I totally love where this is going and things, and, it's, and that's part of it. Most of the other stories I hear about it are a lot of times from the guys' point of view who are really into it. They're like, I made the mistake of 
taking girlfriends to shows and it's just they're like you know it's it's like like it, it's like the movie the I Love You Man movie where it's like Rashida Jones <laughs> loves Paul Rudd so dearly then sees who Paul Rudd becomes when he's listening to and he's at a Rush show and he's like yeah. listening to Rush and it's like what has and it's it's not even so much that she she's over she's so overwhelmed by how offended she is by who he is <laughs> that she can't focus on the music but, it, but, but her a, association is just yeah. like this is what this does to this man that I think I love and I don't know what's going on right now like, yeah yeah so really this part one was on the radio I think so not as often as part two Part two was the one with Welcome Back My Friends to the show that never Right, ends. right. <laughs> also, a really apropos lyric. <laughs> yes. No pun intended. <laughs> See, I have to admit, the last time I heard, which is the one that was like the Welcome to the Show, My Friends That's song? part two. Part two. I, actually, I'm willing to go there because okay. I've been wondering... Because I do kind of like that one, and I'm like, maybe, maybe this is a band that I I shouldn't mock, and I should explore what's going on here. Oh no, you can mock. And them I like as much this song. Because <laughs> and that, but that you're not going to offend me. That's no, for sure. th- this might be. But however, like I, I'm I'm fulfilling that unknown wish, and I think maybe I was right to not pursue it so much. <laughs> But, you know, you have when it's the whole thing of like, well, wait, I could just like look it up on Spotify and figure it out. Right. Um, but viewers. you're you're the first person that's that's game for part <laughs> two. after after this is the longest song we've heard tonight at uh, really eight minutes and thirty nine seconds uh huh and you're like yeah I want to hear part two because I, I, I want to hear that opening welcome my friends to the show that never ends right. I may like I may hit the buzzer right after that but. Uh, Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could I'm really just... I can see that Rush is coming up, so I'm just really delaying that moment is what's going on here. <laughs> oh, come on now. They're such lovable nerds from Canada. And like there wasn't a guy in a top hat like a ringmaster thing like welcoming you in and there that's, was you know that's a good question we'll investigate that after we're done here um, okay yeah I know what's coming next yeah you do I do that's alright we're going to 1981 we're taking a big jump here chronologically and uh, I can see from the photo that this is where they discovered fans <laughs> from this photo yes uh, this photo is probably <laughs> Uh, closer to this album. Okay. Uh, this one is from 1972, but I just thought it was cool. Uh, but here we are. Mm-hmm. 1981. Mm-hmm. Big jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, you know, Rush had kind of, they, they had, oh, <laughs> three hours later, uh, they did Permanent Waves, which was way more ear-friendly, radio-friendly, and then they did this, which was Moving Pictures, and Tom Sawyer. <laughs> the look on your face. A wince. God, yeah, just, I mean, it's like, uh, even from that opening guitar, like, I know, there's no hiding it. Like, you know that right away. They're like, yeah, this is Tom Sawyer, and this is what I normally immediately, like, 
spin Check the dial out. somewhere else. Uh-huh. I, it's 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 his voice. Common, common comment. More, yes. more than anything else. Getty Lee's voice is nails on a chalkboard for me more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's take the voice out of it. There, again, it, 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 it's it actually like. It's so hard to take the voice out of it. Well, when he's singing, yes. Um, but no, and I think I like how you're rolling your sleeves up. I think that's how. To, to I think that's also probably this. what does offend me so much about it is because, well, the, that thing, whatever that is, that wong, that uh, wong, it's, uh, the synthesizer. Thingy. Yeah, that thingy that is prevalent throughout this. This song in particular bothers me. But I feel as though the rest of it, I should like it because it's kind of heavy. It's kind of the lyrics are smart, and there's like, there I don't know, but actually I, I just I never listen to the words, but it's it's just oh god, but yeah whatever if I'm ever, like I, I just there was I, there was one day I was having a t- and I used to have this like it's just so bad. <laughs> Drum fills. They're so excessive. Yeah, it's just it's so and I'm like I'm I'm picturing my guy friends just like like in a sea of men like doing air drumming and like air keys and like really intense like high up on their nipples air bass. Like it's just <laughs> high up on the nipples. It's so unfair. Can I quote you on that? Oh please do. Yes, yeah. yes. over so I'm just gonna like cringe it right, out for a little right, bit longer right, right, right. cause it's been so long and I'll be able to avoid it again for like another 10 years yeah, like I think the yeah. last time the most I've heard the song uh, a Foo Fighters show and uh, Dave Grohl all of a sudden decided to start talking about how much he loved Rush and like went into like half of Tom Sawyer and I was booing it they for- played YYZ yeah. at no, the rock and roll induction for Rush. He's a huge Rush fan, oh, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of Dave Grohl, and a huge, and I'm like, and, and I, even that was still painful. It was like just a crushing moment of seeing someone I admire so much. <laughs> just like, no! I don't ever want to see this side of you again, please! <laughs> right. Can you go back to like talking it's, about it's how like much you It's like you caught love? him masturbating to midget Yes, form yes, exactly! Or something. <laughs> that is exactly what, why we don't, like, oh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so like So uh. this is not gonna make it into your rotation on iTunes. Oh god, no, never. No. Okay. No, it's still Yeah, I'm like I'm like maybe 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 I've been wrong maybe I'm like I've been avoiding it for a long time, so maybe I'll feel differently. But oh yeah, the second of that first wang whatever the hell that Quay. thing is. Yes, yeah. It's yes. just like oh. Like, yeah, ugh. you're not the first woman to say that. I I know. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah but, I'd be surprised. But you I'd had be, your own take on it. Which I'd be I really surprised if I was the first <laughs> to react. To and that and way. it's not just it's not just a female thing. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a people thing. But yeah, most of my guy friends love love them, and they're like, we can, we can get past the voice because we get so into actually the rest of it. And I'm like, okay, I can't. How can I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think you can be a, a fan of this band and get past. Or like the it voice. doesn't, or it doesn't affect them that much. It, or it doesn't offend them, yeah. right? It, it works. Yeah. Sarah, do you like prog rock? I have to say no. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very close, but no. <laughs> well, it's time to wrap it up, folks. I'm your host, Matt Bergman. We got an it's very close, but no, from Sarah on the subject of prog. I'd like to thank my guest, Sarah Weiss. Without her, I would have blacked out on Sarah Diesel and Coors while listening to Fusion Jazz. And a special thanks to you, the listener. Because as we all know, if a podcast is playing in the woods and no one's around to hear it, it sucks. 